Hello, Moody's. This is your co-host, King Choi and Christine Vo. Can you believe this is episode 10 of Insert Mood Podcasts? And it's insane. I, I still can't believe we're here. I can barely believe it either. And the day we're recording this is Christmas Eve, December 24th, 2020. So we also can't believe that we are basically at the end of 2020. Yeah. But before we get into what 2020 brought to us or didn't bring to us, a callback to our last episode, episode nine, represent all about Asian and Pacific Islander representation in American media of past, present, and what we hope to be the future. We did talk about a actor by the name of Trang Ang Tran, and she acted in a PBS series, which Christine loves, called Ghost Rider. And Christine, would you like to tell us about what happened with Tran Ang Tran? Yeah, so Tran Ang was tagged on King's podcast Instagram post. His friend said something to the effect of, oh, I used to love her and tagged her. She has an account that showcases a lot of her kids' stylish outfits and and things like that. And she responded and is now following King on Instagram. So I think we've made it. <laughs> Y'all, this, this is insane. I, this is only the beginning. <laughs> so we should actually just start actualizing and materializing our hopes and wishes as we head into 2021 and say, I'm just going to say these things, three things out loud. I hope to meet Beyonce. I'll take Kelly. I'll like wave to Michelle. Oh my God. Manifest. Manifest. Manifest destiny. But (laughs) totally different discussion. So speaking of 2020, right before we were talking about Tram Ang, we were talking about how 2020, you know, was a rough ride, right? And yeah, I really was. It really was. And we have talked about 2020 enough in our last nine episodes. So first of all, wanted to thank you, the listener, for sticking through with us in 2020, as well as our first season of the Insert Mood podcast. Again, this is the love child and brainchild of my amazing co-host, Christine, who convinced me and coerced (laughs) me into being a co-host, but I couldn't imagine (laughs) 2020 uh, without having created something like this with you, Christine. So thank you. Thank you. This has been an amazing journey and I love our friendship and I love that we were able to create something this amazing together. I think when we first started, we were like, let's just record one, see what happens, see if we even like doing this. We might not, you know, that's what happens sometimes when you pursue hobbies, but you know, one episode came out, edited that, released it. And then another one happened and then another one happened and we just kept going. And now we're here. Yeah, this friendship is definitely a hobby for me. So (laughs) until I pick up crocheting, I guess I'll, 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 I'll settle for you, Christine. You know, I do want to pick up crochet. So once I do, it's over for you, hoes. It's (laughs) listeners. I think you, what you just heard, I think you think Christine is like saying that ironically, but I can see her on camera. What she said about picking up crocheting is not a joke, y'all. <laughs> she yeah. she Cro- wants it. <laughs> crocheting or knitting. I want to do one of those two, but I haven't decided. You know what? I'm not going to poo-poo on your yum. I'm not going to poop on your yum. Is that, well, I'm not going to- You're gonna not going to knit my pearl? You're not going <laughs> to- I think the the phrasing I was trying to get to it is I'm not going to yuck your yum, but hey, we got here somehow. You were trying to do a crochet and or knitting interpretive dance on it. And I respect that. Uh, well, speaking of getting here somehow, we have got through 2020 in one piece. If you're listening to this, kudos to you. Kudos to everyone you know. Congrats on making it this far. Because that in and of itself 
is a huge achievement. Yes, definitely. And again, all jokes aside, I know that this has been a very traumatic year for a lot of people and trauma comes in all different forms and and we receive it and interpret it and process it in so many different ways. And I hope you're the listener have been taking the time to decompress as we head into the holiday season and also finding new ways to feel refreshed and recenter as we head into 2021 because 2020 has been a constant waking nightmare for myself. (laughs) And I can't imagine for those who are in all the different positions and from different backgrounds and what have you, how 2020 has been for you. But we do hope that we come out on the other side in one piece even in 2021. So talking about things that we couldn't have imagined would have happened, including Tram Ang Tran following me based off of our last episode and our post on my Instagram. I can't believe 2020 is almost over. And, you know, we're just days away from heading into 2021. And 2020 has been a very traumatic year for a lot of people, myself included. And, you know, I hope you, the listener, are taking the time to process, to grieve, to laugh, to find ways to recenter yourself as we head into this new year, because 2020 has been a waking nightmare. (laughs) I think that's absolutely true. It has been a complete waking nightmare and arguably worse because, you know, nightmares end. (laughs) Uh, Nightmares end. That got really real. (laughs) (laughs) Nightmares end and this one is just like a a nightmare that keeps doubling down on itself. (laughs) And I think that's a great segue into today's mood, which is, was it all a dream? Was it, Christine? Can you tell me if it was all a dream and can you wake me up? It was all a dream. (laughs) (sighs) I don't know that I can. I think a lot of us have been doing a lot of waking up, so to speak, this year. Ooh, preach, honey, preach. Yeah. So we're waking up, being more awake (laughs) during this living nightmare. I'm wide awake. Oh, Katy Perry. (laughs) I don't know if any of you listening feel this way, but I feel like I'm constantly having the thought, wait, did that happen this year? Or wait, when was that? It's really hard to keep track of what happened this year. And and the fact that some things did happen this year and that we're coming up on almost a year of the pandemic mm-hmm. is absolutely mind blowing. Time has really not meant much of anything. <laughs> during this year at all. And Christine, I know that when we talked about this topic, and again, to remind our listeners, our insert mood for this episode is, was it all a dream? And that is a question that we constantly ask ourselves because we keep thinking about things that we thought could never have happened in 2020 mm-hmm. and that we have lived through it (laughs) to tell the tale. And I do really like the fact that this podcast is a little bit of an audio time capsule of our Mm -hmm. 2020 experience. Yes. But sometimes it is hard to differentiate between what has actually happened in reality versus us being dumbfounded by the... (laughs) By, by the fact that something so ridiculous as COVID or the way that the election has panned out has happened. And, you know, it's hard, you know, like you said before, to really separate when you are dreaming versus when you are living. And there really isn't a difference because time is such a concept and it has been <laughs> an abstract concept to a certain degree mm-hmm. at times in 2020. Yeah. So Christine, when do you actually find yourself dreaming and what triggers dreams to happen for you? And I'm talking about actual dreams. I'm not talking about the dream state living that we've been doing in 2020. (laughs) Oh yeah, that's 
absolutely felt like a dream state. I will say that in general, that I'm actually a pretty big daydreamer. Like I've kind of been like that all my life. I definitely tend to lose focus and, you know, drift away with my thoughts. That sounds like a lyric right there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I definitely daydream a lot and I (laughs) nightdream a lot as well. And I find, I don't know if anyone else can relate to this. I do dream a lot when I'm stressed, which spoiler alert is kind of a lot. And sometimes they're stress dreams and sometimes they're just quote unquote regular dreams that I can't really remember. Uh, But I know something that's been true for my entire life is that my dreams have always been extremely vivid, lucid. Yeah, they're intense is probably like the best word for it. They've always been intense ever since I was in elementary school. Uh, There's really no half-assing any of these. And I find that in addition to stress dreams and regular dreams, then sometimes I'll also have nightmares when I have sweets before bed. So for instance, last night I had a mini peppermint ice cream cone and a little Reese's, I think around 11 or 11.30. And I had multiple nightmares yesterday evening. So go me. (laughs) Wow. You're such a teenager. I know. Just living (laughs) my best teenage diet life. Yeah. So those are the types of things that tend to trigger dreams and nightmares. And I don't always remember what happens, but I do sometimes remember them and I'll sometimes write them down as well. You definitely seem like someone that would keep a dream journal. And I mean that in an endearing (laughs) manner, in an endearing way, and maybe to a point of admiration. (laughs) (laughs) I, I don't technically have a dream journal, but I do have some notes in my notes app on my phone that detail some of the dreams I've had previously. Not quite a full-fledged journal, but, you know, maybe one day. That will do. (laughs) (laughs) That'll do for now. So, Christine, you talked about having very lucid dreams, and you're a very lucid dreamer. For our listeners that are not familiar with the concept of lucid dreams, can you talk a little bit about that? So, for some background, my understanding of a lucid dream is one where you have consciousness and like a certain level of control mm-hmm. in the dream. You're, it's kind of like a waking dream, mm-hmm. you know, a waking nightmare, mm-hmm. <laughs> as, which mine often are. And I always find lucid dreams to be very stressful because I'm a bit of a control freak <laughs> in my day-to-day life. I like having lots of control over things. Uh, or things that I do. And so when I'm in a dream, I am awake and I'm conscious and it's my own regular thoughts coming through into this persona. Like sometimes my dreams will be from first person. Sometimes I'll be watching a version of me. Sometimes I'll be watching other people. It's interesting. It really does vary the point of view. But I very rarely have full control over what I'm going to do. So it's kind of this, this stressor of, me having all my regular thoughts, but not being able to use those thoughts to move anything around. So it's stressful. I'm like, oh, like, why are you doing this thing? That's not something that I would do. So I just kind of have to experience it and not have any control over it. So I always find that stressful. It's like, it's like playing the Sims. You're in control of your own character and you can interact with other things, but you're not in control of what the other characters in the environment are doing to you or at you. (laughs) Yes. Although I suppose that's real life. (laughs) I mean, hey, lucid dreams are reality. Who knows the difference? Yes. They're all a blur. Christine, thank you for that description about lucid dreams, but I also wanted to ask you, what is your most memorable dream or nightmare? Because I feel like everyone has one, be it as a kid or as an adult, especially a recurring one. That's, you know, 
whenever you're talking about a dream that has made an impression on you, do you have one that you can call upon? Yes. So the earliest dream slash nightmare that I can remember, and this really stuck with me, it was thankfully not a recurring dream to my knowledge, but I remember early elementary school, I must have been five or six years old. My parents took me to this grocery store that was in Indiana when when we were living there. It was called Marsh. And this was back when they had video stores or like video rental spots in grocery stores. And they had a little video rental area in Marsh. And I remember they would have all of the video cassette tapes with the covers facing out. So you could choose which one you wanted. And I saw the front cover for the movie Chucky. And it was like this super, if you haven't seen the cover (laughs) for the movie Chucky uh, or know what it's about, Chucky is this doll who's come to life and incarnated with the spirit of a serial killer inside of it. And so this doll goes around murdering people and, you know, murder shenanigans ensue. But I didn't know all that (laughs) when I was five or six. I just saw the front cover, which was basically Chucky's face and he's got blood like dripping down his chin or his mouth or something. It was super scary. So I didn't even see the movie, but I remember having a nightmare about the Chucky doll coming to my elementary school and chasing everybody around the school, including me, with a chainsaw. And people were hiding under lunch tables and screeching and like getting caught in classrooms. And it was horrifying. And that dream is something I still remember, which is insane. Like that was more than 25 years ago but I still remember it. And what's ironic about that is that I actually now enjoy the Chucky movies. I find them to be super ridiculous and kitschy and over the top. And I, and I much prefer them to awful, like realistic horror type movies, which I refuse to watch. But yeah, that is something that really stuck with me. Was it ever a recurring dream? Not to my... That specific Chucky dream? Not to my knowledge, no. Yeah. Yeah. So King is going to do something where he's going to interpret this dream and try to think of what this means. I love the, I guess, stimulus that you provided or stimuli (laughs) by which you kind of got to this dream and you know that it was at a video store and you have this very vivid memory of always seeing covers being turned out (laughs) and you know the description of Chucky on the cover with blood dripping off of his chin and the fact that you've never seen this movie but known of it enough to actually dream about it in that sort of way I'm more interested in interpreting how you actually took that into your psyche And I feel like you're such an empath, you know, like be it things that are seen or unseen, you have an ability to absorb that into your mental and emotional mind space to create your own chaos. And, and, (laughs) (laughs) you know, I think sometimes that is in this scenario, there that's where your mind is telling you be careful what you let in to your little head because you're going to take a lot of things on be it from a video cover at a video store or someone else's pain and woes so it's your mind when you were little just prepping you to be careful about the thoughts that you let into your head, the scary things that you decided to also, even though you knew it was scary and you knew you were never gonna watch it, you somehow still convinced yourself that you needed to go through that experience of trauma (laughs) in order to come through the other side to now appreciate it, right? So there is greener pastures 
and experience something that you know that you initially feared and created that fear and manifested itself into a dream. And then after you came out of that dream and 25 years later, you have now decided that this Chucky figure or this movie series is something that you very much enjoyed. And so this is my long way around of convincing you that maybe you're not really into real gory horror. And I know I am, but maybe 25 years from now, you're going to love it. You're going <laughs> to creating your own podcast for it. But maybe right now you're having dreams of, you know, scream. I know what you did last summer sort of vibes of a slasher horror movie that, you know, you never want to watch and, but you're still going to let into your psyche, but I'm going to check back in with you in 25 years. <laughs> We're going to be watching scream uh, I know what you did last summer, Friday the 13th, and all those movies in 25 years. So clock that. I need a notar notary to notarize the statement here. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. You heard it here first. And that's the way I'm interpreting not only the dream, but the, pro the whole entire process of how you got to that dream and what happened afterward. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> and scene. So I do really like that interpretation. I feel like it's it's definitely true to an extent. Like I do have a habit of taking on too much, whether that's actual activities, taking up a lot of my time, just like cramming my schedule full. And in particular, I've mentioned this before, but pre-COVID, I was certainly guilty of that. I was like, I got to have activities going on day in, day out. It's got to be on the hour I've got plans for everything. So I'll take on too much activity-wise and I'll also mentally take on a lot, bearing burdens that I don't necessarily need to. I didn't need to bear the burden of Chucky running around my elementary school with a chainsaw, and yet I did. <laughs> and I chose to empathize with it. I could have just, I don't know, I maybe another kid would have just ignored it, but I was like, this is horrifying. And my mind took it to new horrifying depths, which I'm still guilty of doing today, <laughs> blowing things out of proportion. Maybe it is, you know, a, a metaphor for that. So super interesting. I but didn't even mean for it to get that deep. I was having fun <laughs> with it. And as I was interpreting that dream and just coming up with literal BS, I was like, oh, wow, maybe I am a dream interpreter. <laughs> He's a dream whisperer. All right, King, now that you've sufficiently dream whispered my dream and <laughs> given an interpretation to the gods, what is a dream or a nightmare, particularly a recurring one, if you have any, that has really stuck with you over the years? I would love to know. Strap in. <laughs> oh, Lord. Okay. <laughs> God. This is a recurring dream that initially started out as a nightmare, but I believe I now enjoy having it and I look forward to it. And this has been a recurring dream slash nightmare that has happened to me or one that I have dreamed of ever since I was little. And when I say little, I'm thinking about like it started maybe at around third grade and I still have it. I still have it. Like, I'm not even joking. <laughs> I think I might've had the same dream recurring one a year ago. And it starts like this. So I wake up laying on the floor in a blank white space. I don't even know, I don't see walls or anything. I'm literally in a blank canvas. I imagine me waking up lying on the floor of a white room that you don't even know is a room. It just looks like a white expanse. And then as I'm coming to consciousness in said dream, I realize a door is opening probably like a few yards away. And so I suddenly realize that this wide white expanse that I've been sort of waking up into is not just a random white void that is, is actually a white room. And uh, a door opens and I get up and I walk towards the door and I walk through it. And I come into this field of hay and it's sort of like, like wheat fields and it's very dense, 
but what proceeds to happen is I'm in the thick of it. I'm in the thick of this sort of wheat hay field. And I realize a path starts opening up to me and kind of like imagine an invisible tractor just starts going through the field and like immediately in front of me and starts opening up a path for me. So I follow it. And I end up in this square clearing where there are three headless life-size porcelain ballerinas that sort of, you know, those like antique looking sort of like porcelain figures, Mm -hmm. but they definitely have chipped, you know, the paint has chipped and they look very sort of like worn in, but imagine them life-size and headless. And there's three of them. And it's always three. It's never changed. Oh my God. And they're dancing. It's like a Tim Burton nightmare before Christmas sort of vibe. And maybe that was when I started having that dream now that I (laughs) realized that. Oh my God. But it's always been three and they're dancing in sync. They're synchronized. And I don't know why I always remember this so vividly, but they're always dancing the same dance. I'm not going to do it. And I I don't even know how (laughs) to describe it, but it's very ticky. Like it's very like isolated, isolated ticking movements, right? Kind of like they're wound up. Yeah. But I also realize that I, the music is not audible to them, but I also know the music is only in my head and they're dancing to it. The the music is in your head. (laughs) So the music is only in my head. And I know this for a fact. I know that there's not music being broadcasted out into this environment So I know that I'm the only one that hears this music in my head. And I know that there's no music being broadcasted out in this environment that I'm in. But somehow these ballerinas, these life-size, disused, porcelain, headless ballerinas are dancing to the music that's in my head. And they dance for a little while. It could be minutes. It could be hours. I don't know. But I do very much remember having this feeling that I don't know how much time has gone by. Like, that's a feeling that I know that I have in this dream. And out of nowhere, these ballerinas, the music, well, then the music abruptly stops in my head. And these ballerinas also know that it has stopped. And then they end up in this sort of like uh, turnout position, but they're not turning out yet. They just like, the the moment the music stops, they're almost in the prep for a turnout. And then without notice, all three of them spin out and create- Oh my God. and, uh, and, And they spin out in a row. They get into a line and there's one in the front, one in the back, obviously you know what a line looks like and they get into the line (laughs) and then they all spin at the same time and create another path on the other side of the square clearing that I've been watching them in. So they spin out, create this new path and I follow it. I don't remember running. I don't remember at this point. And I always don't remember this. I don't remember if I'm walking, running, but somehow I just know that I follow them. And I end up at the bottom of a set of stairs that is in the same environment. I'm still in a very dense field of hay wheat that's blowing. And the sky is blue. So it's not like a white expanse canvas, (laughs) but these stairs that I'm standing at the bottom of, they reach up into the skies. And I don't know where they're going and you can't really see the end of it at the top but I end up climbing these stairs. And I reach the top of these stairs somehow, and I'm back in this sort of like white expanse environment. Whoa. And yeah. (laughs) And once I reach the top of these stairs, I do see a good few yards away from me, a panel of people sitting in a line facing me Uh, a a horizontal line facing me, kind of like a judge's panel. Whoa. And they're in business suits, but they're all wearing black. But yet I'm far away from them, but yet I can visually 
distinctly tell what they're wearing. Like mm-hmm. somehow I'm farsighted <laughs> and I'm able to see <laughs> everything, even though I'm so far removed from them proximity wise. And it's always a woman. It's always an odd number of people because I always know that there's one person in the center. And I always know that this is like the leader of this panel. And it's always a woman. And I don't know what this woman says. And to this day, I don't know what she says. But it's kind of like she asked me a few questions, but there's always this ending question that she always asks. And I know that we've been talking for a while, but it's inaudible to myself, but it seems like it's audible to them. But there's always this feeling that I know this closing question that she always asks. And before I'm able to answer inaudibly to myself, she clicks a button and I drop. And that's when I wake up. Oh my God. Jesus. So a lot to unpack there. Uh, wow. Um, okay. I'm going to dream whisper this. So the scene set here in my mind is a very beautiful scene. It's beautiful. Like the way you described the moving fields of wheat, the paths carving through these porcelain, kind of dilapidated looking life-size ballerinas. I can see that. I can visualize that. I've definitely had porcelain items over the years. Like those things get chipped uh, and worn over time. And yeah, I can see that. I think with the synchronized dancing and the fact that they're life-size, the more you described it, the ticky movements, the more sinister it all seemed to feel. And then when they spin out, and then when you are climbing stairs and you end up at an expanse again, and then you drop, it was a lot. You were so correct to say strap in. My God, that was super intense. I feel like I have chills. Welcome to um, American Horror Story season 13. <laughs> oh my God. A king loses his crown. <laughs> or the throne or something. Yeah, so... I feel like my interpretation of this dream is that you are super ambitious and you've always got something in your own head, like listening to the beat of your own drum that you are following. And uh, it leads you through different paths. Sometimes these paths take you through sinister pathways (laughs) and sometimes you spin out. while following the music in your own head. And because you're so ambitious and because there's so much that you want to do, then you're always climbing these stairs, these endless stairs where sometimes you know what's happening. And in a way you do know what's gonna happen at the end of those stairs because you always end up at the same white expanse again and again. Like you start there, you end there you drop, you go through. And then my interpretation of the judges panel is that it's a panel of you looking back at you, judging yourself for all the things that you've been doing. And then before you can fully finish judging yourself, it drops out from under you. And then you start again, you start the process again. Listeners, I know you obviously can't see me right now, but I am clutching my face. (laughs) My mouth is wide open. Oh, that is on point. Okay. (laughs) Okay, one-upping me on my dream whispering skills. Oh, she she bamboozled me. Wow. I'm more of a dream yeller. I'm more... (laughs) Old Yeller, can you come please yell this dream or, or dream yell at King, please? Thank you so much. <laughs> wow, I think that's very on point. I don't know what really triggers this dream. I've never really pinpointed what causes me to have this dream or you know when this decides to you know rear its yeah 
I'm still, whoa, I'm still just like reacting to your interpretation. I do think a lot of it is very much correct. And, you know, dream interpretation is dream interpretation. Yeah. You know, take it with a grain of salt. But yeah, I think that's, you know, knowing what you know about me and being able to sort of, not even sort of, being able to attach my behaviors and motivations and I guess the dark side of doing things too much or even just my neuroses into the dream. You're very spot on, Christine. So as we shake off the dreams and nightmares of our past, be it the dreams that we had as a kid or recurring dreams that we've had as a kid around <laughs> about headless porcelain ballerinas or the dream light, <laughs> I know. Or Why the are both of our dreams so horrifying? Right? Or the dreamlike state of living that we've been existing in in 2020, we want to push forward and talk about the dreams that we have for the new year in 2021. So, Christine, I want to ask, what dreams do you have that you hope will come true in the new year? As a general large dream, I'm hoping that as a nation, we can come together more and really focus on the important things, making sure people are healthy and happy and are able to afford and have basic human rights, like healthcare and just making sure that people are okay at a base level, right? Because a lot of that is not not there. So I think there's a lot of things that we need to build from the ground up, but I, that that is a hope that I have that like, that people can just care more. That's a general hope that I have. As for personal things, then I hope that the the ones that I love and I can live a healthier and more stress-free existence in 2021. It's almost harder to have these concrete goals, right? Because I feel like historically, I've wanted things like, oh, like I'm going to travel a lot this year, or I'm going to hit this career goal this year, or I'm going to do this. I'm going to go here. I'm going to conquer this thing. But this year was so much about surviving under the duress of so many things that in this new year, I just really hope that we can all pursue things that give us peace and make us happy and that other people around us can try to make that easier (laughs) whatever that means whether that means picking up knitting or whether that means finding a new show that you like or whatever like whether that means keeping in contact with your family whatever that means to you I just hope that people can find ways to be content for 2021 that's what I hope It's hard to realistically have concrete dreams and hopes going into 2021, but I I would say those are my general ones. And and I want to pose the question back to you, King. What are your hopes and dreams and wishes for 2021? First off, thank you so much for both of your answers. I feel like I was watching a Miss America pageant. (laughs) Thank you. I want world peace. I think going along the same lines, there's definitely altruistic wishes and dreams that I have for the world, especially for our nation. So I plus one to everything that you've said around, you know, the country coming together, being more, you know, empathetic and sympathetic of each other Mm -hmm. and understanding, speaking of being an empath, (laughs) call back to earlier about your dream. I also think selfishly, the dream that I have in 2021, I think talking about what you just said around being able to not only sustain or just live, it's thrive, right? Being able to Mm -hmm. thrive in 2021. And that really resonates with me because I had to take a moment and a pause there to really think about what it is that I really want to dream of in 2021 and for it to come true and I really wish for myself and for everyone 
to be able to exist <laughs> in <laughs> a time as well as in a nation or in a country in a state of health that everything gets back into a place where the world seems limitless mm-hmm. that you can do anything and that you can do anything to better yourself to better others and to just get after your best life mm-hmm. and i know mm-hmm. that 2020 hasn't been that for a lot of people and for others to also realize that everyone has the right to live their best life and to not only make space for that but to hold space for that right and i want that to be something that comes true for everyone wow and contestant number 5 king choi <laughs> <laughs> thank you miss universe contestants <laughs> we'll be back with results shortly No because that um, that would also mean that I would be able to do so you would be able to do so we would support each mm-hmm. other in living our best lives without limits and mm-hmm. yeah cuz 2020 has been a very limiting year in in various yeah. ways for a lot of different people mm-hmm. and I just want the world to become more limitless <laughs> that we're not held back by covid that we're not held back by bipartisan bullshit between democrats and republicans and we talked yeah. about this in so many different episodes but moving forward in this year is just realizing your potential and and also realizing other people's potential as well and helping us all thrive together yeah i think something that's true for both you and me is that we are constantly wanting to grow and improve ourselves like whatever avenue of our life that means but with this year because things have been so difficult it's like survive first right you can grow thrive ex- and expand later and this year the lens through which we approach thriving and growing is different it's like what little things can make you feel better about your day to day and i Yeah, I hope that we're able to in 2021 look at things longer term because right now all we can really do is take things a day at a time, take things a week at a time. It's almost like I I don't know if anyone else relates to this. It's almost like it's all I can mentally handle. And I think it's why it's easier to lose track of the days. It's like, "Oh, wait. I have this day off? Oh, I hadn't even thought about that. I'm just trying to get through <laughs> today." Yeah. And get to a point where I can relax. But you know, I do hope that in 2021 things will get better and I'll be able to do things like travel or see more friends and family. Mhm. And maybe that will come around again this year. Maybe it won't. I guess we'll see. I mean, people are flying this year. Yeah. <laughs> But flying in a more safe way, I hope that's something that we could do next year. And I I have I've been discussing this with some friends like, "Oh man, once things start opening up again, we're going to be taking all these weekend trips." It's like, "Oh yeah. Bora Bora this weekend?" I mean, sure. I'll take a couple days off. <laughs> Did you read about this article that was published I think this week if not last week around how the last pandemic that actually the US went through it resulted in the roaring 20s and how people after that pandemic just like would dress up to go to the to the supermarket they didn't give a fuck and everyone would get drunk and wasted and party like it was the 1920s the roaring 20s <laughs> and we are actually 2020 2021 we're, yeah i'm i'm hopeful that we're going to get back into another state of new millennia 2020 so get ready cuz i'm ready I have, i have a clothing rack full of clothes i can wear <laughs> <laughs> it's like why are both of you wearing stilettos to safeway look don't worry about it all right why you aren't you live- yeah why, why aren't, aren't you, you? ugh You're stepping on my train. Thanks. <laughs> so, speaking of the roaring 20s and our wish to party and get crazy, obviously that's not going to be happening over the holiday. But there's still ways that we can entertain ourselves, and that's why we're going to close out this episode by going into our closing segment, traveling through the <laughs> Medium oh. of 
entertainment. <laughs> so, Christine, what are you watching, listening to, partaking in to entertain yourself this holiday season? I know that in a previous episode, I was very much all about the show Cutthroat Kitchen, as you may remember, with Alton Brown. However, I've done a pivot and have gone the relaxing route. And I've really been leaning into watching a lot of Great British Bake Off. I've really been having a good time with that. It's super relaxing. I've been watching a bunch of different episodes. I've been watching from the beginning, like season one, episode one. I started from there and watched a bunch of episodes. And I also watched British Bake Off Masterclass, where Mary, Barry, and Paul Hollywood show you how to professionally make all of the technical challenges, like how they're supposed to be done. I've watched a lot of the holiday episodes where they bring back old contestants and give them another go to try out making different holiday pastries and things like that. So I've been finding that super relaxing and enjoyable. And an offshoot of that is that I've also been watching on YouTube because I'm not really sure where to watch it. Otherwise, they did a bunch of celebrity charity British Bake Off episodes. Oh, I'll grab you the link. I have all of those episodes. Oh, perfect. Love it. (laughs) But I, yeah, I love them. They they did charity things for Stand Up to Cancer and, and whatnot. And they had a bunch of different celebrities on the show trying their hand at baking. And something I, I really enjoy about the celebrity ones is that it's just such a different vibe from the re- regular British Bake Off because with British Bake Off, if you haven't seen it, then at, at the end, you don't really win a monetary prize. I think it's kind of just the eternal glory of it and you know your love for baking coming through and you doing so well. But even though there's no quote unquote monetary prize, and even though it is on the more relaxing side for a reality show, then a lot of these contestants are so stressed out during all of these episodes. And they're supportive of one another and everything, which is super wholesome, but they are very stressed out and like, oh no, like I messed this up or like the timing is off here or like this didn't come out right. But the celebrities on there, you know, they're on there for one episode and so they're just happy. They don't care. Like they, they, and they're all, because they're all celebrities, they're all so incredibly charismatic. So mm. it's kind of like mm. watching, it's like going from watching Eeyore like bakers to watching all of these super energetic, hilarious, witty people baking and not giving a shit. It's amazing. So I've been watching a ton of those clips on YouTube. There is this one comedian who is on there and he completely messed up this thing that he had to make and the judges came around and God, what did he say? They were like, what happened here? And he was like, well, I baked. It was a complete disaster. Bon appetit. <laughs> It was something to that effect, but I was like, man, that, that is a mood. <laughs> They're hilarious. I love it. They're so good. I've seen those as well. Ugh. Big recommend. And yeah, so that's something I've really been devouring a lot of. No pun intended, but you know. Oh, there was definitely a pun. <laughs> How dare you sneak in that pun? I thought we we're going to end this episode without a pun. <laughs> Typical Christine has to be on brand. (laughs) (laughs) What about you? What have you been enjoying lately in the medium of entertainment? I have been, I have been obsessively re-watching and re-listening to very specific K-pop songs that came out in the last month. One is Chunha. And it's a collaboration with the DJ Rehab. And it is called Dream of You, which is very apropos of this, how fitting of this episode. The choreography, the music, it's amazing. Highly recommend Chungha, C-H-U-N-G-H-A. And it's called Dream of You. Look it up. You will not be able to resist. (laughs) dancing or sometimes recreating a very inappropriate drag number using said song. Ask Uh, King how he knows. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and a, a weird sort of tangent off of that. This last month, I was also able to put together a digital drag show called Why It Gotta Be a White Christmas with my drag family, the Rice Rockettes. And that was also a way to entertain myself as well as provide a source of entertainment for fans of the Rice Rockettes as well as fans of drag that joined us from all over the country the previous Saturday. And yeah, it was very entertaining for me. It was a lot of work, but I also very much enjoyed it. And going into the second song and music video that I've been obsessed with, this one, I'm sure has changed my Spotify year in review uh, on its head because it definitely should recalibrate for the amount of times I've listened to the song now since the Spotify year in review came out. And this song is called Better by Boa, B-O-A. And the music video the song is clutch are the kids still saying clutch i don't know i'm still gonna use it (laughs) (laughs) and uh she's boa has been in the music business for what 20 years she's 34 now she started when she was 16 and for those that don't know about boa look her up she is one of the old school k-pop idols that is still around and she's still killing it and she's not that old she's just 34 and i'm like if she can do it i can do it too (laughs) maybe i shouldn't speaking of doing things less (laughs) christine (laughs) maybe i should not try to be a k-pop star also weird tangent i did back in the day audition for sm entertainment which is the entertainment no you did yes oh my god i got a call back but i never got a call back call back (gasps) Oh my God, that's amazing though. A story for another time. Cause th- that's, oh my God. That's not even a dream or a nightmare. That was just a disappointment. Oh. <laughs> Aren't dreams often that way? Yeah. <laughs> well, with all of that said, I think this is where we close out our last episode of season one of the Insert Mood podcast. And I can't thank you, the listener, enough for your support. We're going to be back for season two in 2021, and I'm so excited. I'm so excited, too. Thank you so much, all of you, for your endless support. We love hearing from you. We love knowing that just what the two of us are rambling about resonates with some of you in some way, and we hope that it's sparked different conversations and thoughts within you. Really hoping that you have a great holiday season during the rest of 2020 and an amazing start to the new year as well. And hope that those hopes and dreams and wishes of yours can start manifesting too. And with that said, happy holidays and a happy new year from your co-hosts, King Choi and... Christine Vo. Goodbye, Moody's. We'll see you in the new year. Bye, Moody's. See you next year.